What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of MojoCast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MojoCast. Welcome, welcome. We have one of your co-hosts, myself, Manny, Nene, Emmanuel Pardo, whatever you want to call me, coming at you, not live, but from my room where I work. I I don't know. (laughs) And I have my esteemed co-host, my sister. Please introduce yourself for the people that don't already know. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Uh, I'm Chelly, uh, known on socials as Chellyfornia. We got an interesting show for you guys today. Got a lot of good, somewhat depressing, somewhat interesting, but all the while uh, engaging conversations that we will uh, be engaging in today. Um, so let's just kick it off. Chelly, how is, how's, how's your week been? How's, how's life been? Uh, I know it's been a little bit since we've done the last pod. Um, what's going on in, in your world? Yeah, we've definitely had a break. So uh, the last computer I was using, super slow. I mean, I, I think you can <laughs> attest to that. It yeah. took us a good hour before we could finally record because of how slow my computer was. So um, Jesus actually built me a new one from scratch, and that is what we're what I'm filming on. So I'm pretty cool, happy, cool. very fast. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, That's what I like to hear. Yeah. yeah, you sent me the photos of the the rig setup, uh, all of the boxes. I, I gotta be. I've always wanted to do that. That seems like a brain surgery to me. I, I have no idea where parts go. I remember one time Danny uh, sold me a computer, and uh, something was wrong with it. And I was trying to like take it apart. I I, I might as well be trying to think about a car. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on. Uh, but yeah, but kudos to to him. I, I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> you know what? It's it's a it's a hobby, a passion for him. So he was always pushing me to get a computer. He's like, hey, I'll build one. I'll build you one. But I'm like, I don't need one. You know, I have this computer for work. It's fine. And then finally, I noticed how slow it was when I was actually trying to do the podcast. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead. (laughs) If you can build me one, that's fine. So he set it up within, I want to say a few minutes, everything was done. So yeah, and he was so happy and uh, excited about it. And it runs like, I mean, I can take an updated photo for you. It's really nice. Pink case, just like I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make it customized. Cool. Cool. That's good. Um, Yeah, I just got back from, well, I didn't just get back. Um, but relative to our podcast, just got back from uh, Florida, had a good trip over there, um, went to Universal's, um, didn't get to go on a lot of the rides. Uh, apparently, I'm a little uh, heavy for for a lot of those that kind of surprising, to be honest with you, but I guess it's, oh, uh, it's a thing. <laughs> I guess that's a that's a thing over there. Uh, apparently, I, I read that um, if you're like above 200, you'll start uh, you'll start having some trouble. It came to shock to me. Um, we went on our honeymoon, which is in 2020, and everything was fine. But apparently, the, the 10, 15 that I've gained since then um, have not done me have, have reached the threshold, if you will. <laughs> That's of, interesting. Uh, of what uh, Universal will allow in their parties, <laughs> but but no hard feelings. Um, just a little added motivation, I suppose, to uh, to uh, get my stuff together. But well, all in all, it's very fun. Better to be safe than sorry. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Lily was telling me because I, I, I could have maybe sort of fit in one of the Jurassic Park rides, uh, but it like it's like a new roller coaster that flips you or whatever, and it's like started getting some weird like Final Destination sort of like vibes. 
<laughs> about yeah. it, for lack of a better word. So I was like, you know what? We could just go spend a day at Disney um, instead. <laughs> we'll yeah. be good. We'll be good. Did you guys uh, have any yummy foods while you guys were out there? Um. Yeah. Yeah. We. Oh, we ordered a lot of room service, which was nice. Thoroughly recommend. It, it is a criminally underrated part of any vacation. Uh, I nice love room, room service. service. Yes. I love room service. I do criminally it at underrated. Least, at least once uh, while we're out there on vacation because <laughs> it just feels like you're eating like a king. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, I just spent a whole day at the park. My hounds are, are, are killing me. You know what I mean? Let me flip open this book right here of this overpriced food. It wasn't even overpriced, to be honest with you. Um, but let me flip open this thing, get a nice burger. You know what I mean? Uh, they they with wheel the, it in. <laughs> with the tiny little jams? Yeah, with the tiny little jams. I, I had a friend tell me a story about him and his girlfriend that had ordered. Um, they went to Vegas, and mm. they were passed out drunk. And they had ordered a room service before they passed out. And when the room service came in, they were butt naked. <laughs> they left the food. They, when they woke up, they realized <laughs> that the room yeah. service was delivered while they were passed out drunk. And I thought that was oh, the funniest man. thing. That's hilarious. Well, that's a that's a good surprise. I suppose some some cold food. Hope you got a microwave. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but no good eats. I mean, room service was great. Always thoroughly enjoy that. Um, we ate at this uh, Jamaican-style Bob Marley. It's called Bob Marley's, I think, Jamaican something. It's on City Walk and Universal. Um, great food. Um, my wife never eats spicy food. She thinks Chipotle mild sauce is spicy. Um, <laughs> but she, that, it's a testament to how good the food was at that place that um, she she ate it all up. Um, and it was pretty spicy. I'm not going to lie. And they had live music, which was great. I... I I don't care for reggae music. Um, not that I necessarily hate it, but uh, you know, it's reggae music. It all sounds the same. Anyways, <laughs> they they had live reggae music. Um, very, very clean. Very, uh, it was good stuff. Good, good vibes, if you will. Interesting. All around. So. You yeah. know what's funny that it's always one person in the in the relationship that likes spicy foods, and there's the other one that cannot tolerate it. And I feel yeah. like. In our relationship, um, me and Jesus, Jesus cannot Same tolerate life. any spicy food. Like but I, I'm always like shoving like hot sauce down his throat. I'm like, it's good, it's good. Well, he sees me get some hot Cheetos and put some tapatio on it with, with some lime. It's like, mmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna regret that a little later. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, so um, nah, good week, good. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you had you had good a good vacation. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, good to catch up. Look, let's go ahead and get into these topics, all right? Because I have a black hole in my heart with 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 some of these discussions we're about to have, you know what I mean? I need to release that negativity, or not negativity, Ooh. but I need I need to release that sort of uh, dread and anxiety. That, Do that, I need uh, to start lighting some um, incense? Yeah, get get some. Uh, I had a coworker that would like stage whenever there was like bad vibes at work or whatever, which apparently there were a lot of at, at the time. <laughs> she was doing it hourly. Yes, basically. Yeah. So so we might, you know, I might need to cuddle my dog after this. Um, it, it could be a rough one, but anyways, let's just hop into it. Um, look, I I've been obsessed with uh, this OKC bombing story um that i recently i i came across a video on twitter and i'm going to share that here in a, in a few minutes and it's kind of sparked 
this um this desire you know how it is sometimes when you when you when you come up with a new when you come across a new topic right and you you go down the proverbial sort of like ravel and you start researching and you start reading stories and it's like holy like how is no one talking about this how has no one ever heard of this or whatever um it was just you that hasn't heard about it um but anyways but yeah that that's where i've been for the past two weeks um with a lot of as existential dread about uh about death and 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 my government and them wanting to kill me um spoiler alert uh, foreshadowing if you will um but uh look let me just play the video so everyone's kind of caught uh up to speed with that and then uh, i'll kind of get your uh raw thoughts afterwards um if you would Might need to edit this up. <laughs> <laughs> so before you play the video, can you share just a quick rundown of what the OKC bombing is for anybody that doesn't know? Sure. So for those that are unaware, um, the story you might know is, I believe it was back in 94. Um, I could be wrong with my dates. Um, there was a federal building in Oklahoma City that was bombed. It was attached to a hospital. I believe it was um, huge <clears throat> explosion. Uh, I believe it was like a thousand plus people dead uh, on that day. There was a police officer um, named Terrence Yickey, um, one of the first people to arrive on the scene. Um, hero in a lot of respects. Uh, th this man was one of the first responders. Uh, saved, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about four lives. Um, just widely applauded as a hero. Um, there was a lot... Shortly after that, he started asking a lot of questions. And there were a lot of issues about the bombing that, um, you know, he had questions on that just that didn't seem right to him. And um, without spoiling too much, because uh, we'll get that into that in a moment, um he he maybe discovered some things he shouldn't have is how i'll put it so that's let me, play the video. let me play the video now and uh we'll get some thoughts afterwards when i'm away from you i miss your touch you're the reason i believe in love it's been difficult for me to trust and i'm afraid that i'm gonna fuck it up I 
share my screen here so look um let me provide a little more context now that we've sort of seen this video um and then i want to get your raw thoughts sort of after it and i'll <clears throat> kind of explain what i i don't know uh, what i think happened as far as that relates um terrence shows up at the bomb site saves four people he is transported to a to a hospital um, because he himself had been, you know, uh, in, injured in the incident. His wife Tanya, which is the um, woman that you hear at the end of the video, um, picks him up at the hospital. When he's loaded into their vehicle, he begins to bawl, um, telling her that uh, he he's and I would assume intentionally vague with um or maybe tanya herself uh for her own safety is intentionally vague with uh what was told her but she basically described that terrence was very upset um very distraught uh saying that you know what they're saying about the bombing isn't true um that there's something else going on there um this sort of becomes an accept an obsession for terrence over the next year um he begins to reach out to other people that were at the bomb site um well he returns back to the bomb site that that same night um and he's met with multiple atf officers um in his own words telling him you're not supposed to be here you need to leave um again he's never fully described what it is he he claims he he saw or he found there um but he begins to reach out to people a common sort of theme around um people's confusion you'll you'll hear this a lot from people in, in interviews they were all shocked at how quickly um not first responders showed up because obviously terrence showed up very quickly but how quickly the fbi showed up how hmm. quickly um the atf the alcohol tobacco and firearms uh department um showed up um in some some people were saying within like five minutes uh these people were at the bomb site um anyways so so terrence spends over the next year telling anyone and anyone he can um that what they're saying about what happened that day isn't true um he meets with a woman specifically that um had been visited multiple times um by I would assume it's the FBI, but they didn't identify themselves as such. Um, basically asking about Terrence specifically. If you've heard about him, um, if he's visited you in some way. Terrence then visits this woman's home, discusses what's going on. Um, and he tells her, look, there's two people that um, I've been in contact with that claim to be able to give me information about what happened that day. I'm planning on meeting them tomorrow. Um, just so you know, 
Terrence the next day drives to uh, I believe it's a couple out. Uh, it's a couple, like probably like ninety miles outside of Oklahoma City, um, where his car is found. Um, his car is full of blood, um, and they find Terrence himself uh, hung to a tree about half a mile um, away from his vehicle. The to give a little detail on 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 his state. Um, he had, as the video sort of described, he had multiple last, multiple lacerations on his arms, um, wrists with burns, um, indicating that they were bound in some way, um, rope burns around his neck as well, multiple little cuts and bruises around his body, um, sort of implying that that he had been dragged in a lot of ways, um, and ultimately hung to a tree um, with a gunshot wound to his head. Um, coroner rules it a suicide. Coroner says that this man, you know, he, by this time, and I would assume because of the obsession with, with what was going on, um, by this time he was no longer with his wife. Um, coroner just rules that he was depressed, basically. Um, not, maybe not the coroner because they wouldn't be able to make that assumption, but, um, the the general consensus was he was so depressed because he he could he wanted to save more people um after the bomb he only saved four and and this sort of guilt <laughs> he only so saved he, four i feel like yeah. that's a huge number yeah a, a bit of a uh pretentiousness in that statement and that somehow uh, uh bred guilt with him over the year and he ultimately sort of killed himself he, is the story so um Look, I have a lot of thoughts on what led to this, and I could give a little context too. I know there were two individuals you see there, um, one in a two white guys, one in a jumpsuit. Um, the, I could get a little more information on who they are. Uh, they're the the people that 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 bombed the the OKC building. But with everything I said, do you do you have any uh, immediate thoughts um, uh, on this part? Yeah, so kind of immediately this guy from the video, he's a big guy. Um, yeah. He was an officer. I think I read he was a sergeant. Is that what yeah. he was? Yeah. So he's he's been trained, uh, knows what he's doing. Um, Not only It's just, it would have to be, if we're leaning towards this being, he was murdered, he was offed, he was silenced. Um, it would have to have been multiple people maybe mm -hmm. um to attack him because of how because of his size is what i'm assuming mm -hmm. um then you also mentioned um the puddle of like there was a lot of blood in his vehicle yeah that seems like it was his uh where he died mm -hmm. Interesting. Where he, was, he was killed and then dragged off and staged to make it look like it was a suicide Mm -hmm. it's interesting, interesting to me that they so do we know how badly his um, wrists were cut or were they just burned from the rope so his wrists themselves were were burned um, and as far as there were two lacerations okay. in the upward direction on I believe it's his left uh, forearm I don't know what you would call it yeah forearm um, so there was two lacerations and then all across his body were little, not lacerations, but little cuts and bruises um, to that sort. Yeah. And then he had two stab wounds in his neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
I failed to mention that because I didn't remember, but quarterly video, yeah. So how does he do that all to himself and then have the strength to hang himself is my <laughs> biggest question. Yeah, you know, if you take uh, what the coroner and what the, you know, the authorities would, would want you to believe, they would want you to believe that this man um, came up with the story about meeting two people um, in a field, uh, drives out to the field, in his own car proceeds to slit his own wrists and apparently stab himself uh, in the neck a couple times. He then doesn't think this is good enough, so he walks half a mile to a tree, um, somehow starts to give himself cuts and bruises all over his body, uh, proceeds to uh, tie a rope around his neck, um, hang himself, and then as he's dying, take a gun and and, and finish it off. Um, look, I, I, I'm not suicidal in any way. I, I, I've never met anyone that, um, you know, killed themselves. But... Um, I don't think that <laughs> I, I don't think that's how you would go about it is uh, is my my thought. Call me call me in uh, not an expert on this, but uh, sums off if you ask me. Yeah, it's uh, it's also interesting how he spoke to a lot of people. Do we know what he th his thoughts were about what happened? Because if he was out seeking all these people that were in the uh, bombing at the time, then do we know what the story was? Maybe he shared something with somebody or do they, these, do these people just not want to come forward? It depends on how you want to look at it, to be honest with you. Um, if I, if I was in a bombing, right. And I'm going to reveal a little bit of, of what I assume he was kind of alluding to. Um, if I'm a first responder, if I'm an officer, right. And I, arrive at a bombing and to me there is evidence of explosions not just where the it was a rider truck basically the story was that uh, a rider truck which is kind of like a u-haul truck um filled with explosives was parked in a underground garage um in this federal building and that blew up and caused this giant explosion um that then affected i believe it was a hospital next door and then all that jazz if i'm a first responder and i show up and what to me looks like evidence of not just an explosion there's no argument that there was an explosion in the garage but an explosion in other levels of that same building mm -hmm. almost as if there were already bombs planted in these other areas of these buildings um and that that isn't reported that that's just kind of left to, you know, that we're all just supposed to believe that it was one man, one sort of extremist um, that did this, that it wasn't, you know, that he wasn't helped in some way. Um, the point is, if I, if I know that, I can't, I'm not going to go a year keeping that to myself, you know. Um... I would tell my wife, I would tell anyone that I couldn't, you know, whatever. And I believe he did tell them something to what I just described to you. Um, but particularly, I mean, you had some of these people being visited by, by random individuals asking questions, probably making threats. Um, and then you see Terrence, 
kill himself, quote-unquote. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised is what I'm saying. When I mentioned the video, I, I, I think Tanya's probably intentionally vague about what, what was happening. The, the media, shortly after, wanted to portray Terrence as having a abusive, um, an abusive relationship, uh, a bad relationship with his with his ex wife. Like I mentioned before, they had been divorced. They had divorced um, a bit before he died. The media wanted to portray it as he was an abusive man, that he they were on really bad terms. Tanya, his wife, said they were on great terms. You know mm. that you know there there was no issue between them basically um just kind of feeding into the narrative of of he was a damaged deranged lunatic kind of man and if you heard anything you should treat it as such that he was just a deranged crazy the crazy ramblings of a, of a lunatic in 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 being distraught yeah if you will um so yeah so to answer your question uh i do believe he he told anyone he could um maybe he stopped telling people uh once he realized that uh there he was... was made to be kind of the crazy guy that he's the only one telling this story apparently from he's or, the loudest one telling that story yeah or if my wife or my ex-wife is is starting to be visited by individuals who are you know intimidating her if the people i talk to are also starting to be visited by people and intimidating them you know, I'm not trying to put them in harm's way. Maybe I, I, I stop relaying that, um, kind of shouldering that that burden on myself. Um, so yeah, so long-winded. I think he said a lot. I just think, especially now, after they see what happened to Terrence, um, they're taking it for what it is. But yeah, but look, like <clears throat> as far as like a motive, right? And we're gonna we're gonna enter in real conspiracy theory uh, areas of of, of 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 this. Look, um, the ATF in the '90s basically um, had gotten a pretty bad rap. You see instances. I, you're probably not familiar, or maybe you are. Uh, not to not to assume, um, but instances of of Ruby Ridge. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that of uh waco would be one you you might have heard of um where regardless of what you might think of the individuals that were involved um particularly with waco um the point is the atf didn't have a positive sort of light on them um they were known as being uh overzealous much too aggressive much too quick to, I don't know, squash defectors, if you will. Um, they didn't have a good reputation, is what I'm saying. Um, you'll see this a lot in media and where we want to sort of ascribe a black and white villain to to motives, right? And then with that, in, in contrast, we want to ascribe the hero that could then destroy this villain, right? So the the, the villain in the story, and, and don't get me wrong, this individual did commit this crime and did murder people. The I, I, His name 
misses me, but the, but the guy that was responsible for parking the rider truck, I mean, he admitted to the crime. You know, okay. he 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 placed bombs in that truck. He parked in there. His intent was to basically kill people. Man should be put to death, as as far as as far as I care. Um, but what better sort of enemy to have in the ATF? What better sort of scapegoat to have, right? Yeah. Where it's where it's like, look, I'm the ATF. I'm getting a really bad rap. My public, the public opinion on me as an organization is trash. There's a guy that hates the ATF that believes by bombing this federal building, he's intentionally hurting the ATF. Let's let him do it. And then we could come in and say, look, this is the end result of extremism. This is the end result of what happens when you criticize your government, right? You become crazy like this guy and, 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 and you bomb, you know, federal buildings. And because of that, then you have the good guy in the ATF. Look, this is what we're doing to stop people like that. I don't know. Uh, it depends on who you ask. A lot of people, um, a lot of experts that I've seen uh, feel like uh, a, a bomb of, of, of that size could not have caused the destruction um, that was caused that day. Take that information what you will. Um, all I'm saying, whether whether they did that intentionally or not, I it benefits them as an organization is is what i'm saying so hmm. and maybe terrence found something like that maybe terrence found something that you know maybe terrence found something that poked holes in the black and white story of one extremist parking one van in one area and we got him maybe he found something that contradict that story and maybe that wasn't good for an organization that was already struggling to uh, to save face if you will um and it's only one man we got to take care of, so let's take care of him. Wow. So very but. interesting stuff there. Um, with with him dying the way that he did, what do you think happened? I think he I think he had been contacted by various law enforcement. Um, maybe not law enforcement is the right word, but um, organizations. Um, you know, that told him what he wanted to hear. Hey, I have information. You're right about what you believe. I have information that, you know, leads me to believe that what you believe is true. Let's meet up. Let me, let me show you what I have. That part doesn't make sense to me just because, I mean, if you're talking to an officer, they're trained to kind of be suspicious all the time. Um, of did he not have any inkling that this could have been uh, kind of someone to lure him? I I guess not to that extreme, but it just strikes me as odd for him not to have brought someone along or um, to go by himself to someone or some person that he doesn't even know. Mm. Yeah, I mean... That's true. Hey, I'm I'm just trying to put myself in the position. If if what I think is true, and uh, there are already people getting like threat, death threats that I'm like associated with, I'm uh, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable bringing someone else with me. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean. Um. And maybe that's just me sort of like 
looking for an answer as opposed to taking it for what it is. Um, I don't know. But, but then it, me- meeting up with whoever calls you that says that they're going to give you some information um, just mm-hmm. strikes me as odd for an officer to do. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, but um, I don't know. Like I like I said, I've been sort of obsessed with this with this story. There's an article that CNN published back in 2006, I believe it was. Um really doing a deep dive into into the situation into a lot of the questions that I sort of I, I mean the the suicide in of itself is enough to you know write a story about like how how does a coroner's office like rule this as suicide um and then the sort of snowball of implications and leads after that um I encourage anyone you know, you'll be really easy to find you just google Terrence Yecki and, and CNN you'll be able to find it um really deep dive they interviewed his wife i believe it is um really really great reads um yeah encourage anyone to to read out the good ask questions um but yeah but I, I i certainly will be keeping up on this um but yeah any last thoughts before we uh we move on <clears throat> you know he was brought up to be i guess they turned him into a hero because of the four people that he ended up rescuing um yep. and then uh soon after that he was a villain. I mean, he yeah. was this crazy lunatic that was saying a story contradictory to what they were publishing. So I guess it rings true. You know, li- live long enough to see yourself as the villain. Yeah. Die, die a hero or <laughs> live long enough to see yourself as a villain. Yeah. Cool. All righty. So um, let's move on to uh, equally depressing stuff but uh hopefully it's it's more black and white than uh than what i it definitely yeah definitely is more so, black and white <laughs> you, you were you were giving me a little intro to this um an ohio attorney murder um tell me what's going on like i i kind of joke a uh, uh, a man thought he was viola davis um could get away with this murder but apparently it wasn't so tell me what's going on uh with the story so it's this Idaho attorney uh, murdered by his mistress husband in a Walgreens parking lot. Um, so just to paint the story here, um, the attorney, his name's Emmett, um, the, his wife, Ashley, they've been married for six years, college sweethearts, five kids, uh, Mormon religion. I mean, they're they're just uh you know, cutest couple. They've been together for a while. Um, he's successful in his practice. He hires a 40-year-old paralegal, Candy. Um, and soon after that, they start having a relationship. Mm-hmm. And Candy is married as well. Okay. So um, what ends up happening is, I mean, I'm sure that Ashley had suspicions that her husband was being un- unfaithful and mm. Candy's husband had suspicions of her being un- unfaithful. So mm. they ended up, what ended up happening was Candy and Emmett met up at a Walgreens parking lot for just one of their rendezvous and, yeah. um, little, little, uh, extracurricular activities <laughs> uh, at work, a little, Mandatory overtime, if you will. (laughs) Candy's uh, daughter drove, happened to drive by, saw Mm. her car, and informed the dad that she was there. Oh, interesting. Okay. The dad 
drives to the um, Walgreens parking lot armed with a gun. Oh, man. So I feel like my man knew. All right. My man had some suspicions. All right. Yeah, about what was going sure. on. You know, you don't pull up to a Walgreens parking lot without a, with a weapon without a, a little intuition. He's, uh, from what I can see, and there's Walgreens footage that he's upset. He's going up and down the aisles looking for her. Cannot find her in the Walgreens because she's not there. She's in the parking lot in Emmett's truck. Ooh. How do you, okay, so do you know at all what time of day this this is? This is at night. Okay. All right. At least, at least. <laughs> so he, he ends up, the way that the husband, Rob, ends up parking his vehicle blocks everything that's about to go down. So mm. there's not a shot. I mean, there's a camera right outside that could have recorded everything had that truck not been parked there. Mm. So um, what ends up happening right after is they, he finds them. A gunshot rings out. Okay. And uh, they're both face down on the ground. Candy says she, well, she, her story has changed so many times. Um, the judge actually said, I have never in my however long years of practice met someone that has changed her story and lied as many times as you have. Mm. So her first account was that she saw everything play. I mean, she had blood on her person in her front all the way down. She was covered in blood. Okay. And then her next story was that she was actually turned around and she never saw what happened okay. she she doesn't know who got who trying shot to have some plausible deniability is what she's trying exactly. to exactly okay okay so <laughs> what what happened was um rob the um attorney well i'm sorry not the attorney rob the candy's husband shot emmett he dies and um he was uh rob was sentenced <laughs> <laughs> sentenced to a life uh life imprisonment so life, life without parole oh man so all right so man could he keep it in his pants is, is basically what you're what you're what you're saying yeah. so so i i in this might be a movie thing right um maybe you'll you have more information but isn't the thing where you, you can't be forced to testify against your your husband if you're married or am i just making is that just like a movie cliche I think that's um, just a movie cliche. I think that I, I am not sure. If it's a crimes committee, you, you got to talk, bro. <laughs> so he was convicted of second degree murder. Um, yeah. So he actually, what from what I've read, he tried to kill himself um, before, mm. um, but he was un unsuccessful. So the bullet mm. just grazed his head. He suffered a concussion, and then he maintained that he. Um, had amnesia he had no recollection recollection of what happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so what's the story here about so we got to me it seems kind of black and white right um attorney uh can't keep it in his pants he hires a uh a, a pretty little thing to, to be a secretary it, well, it was a paralegal right not a secretary um you know they start having an entanglement if you will um husband pulls up um finds them i guess that's where things get a little murky right is there is there is there a gray area there uh, about what happened um particularly with candy you know uh changing up her story is there a gray area at all uh, about what happened or, or do we think it's it's pretty black and white my no, man had it, I it think was it's a crime of passion you know i think it's pretty black and white because pretty black and white 
I, and I think that Candy changed her story so many times to protect her husband, and mm-hmm. they're still together. Oh, okay. <laughs> My man took. <laughs> so this affair, I guess, he was able to overlook. Um, just terrible. That must be so. That must be so hard or so sick, right? Because it's like, it's like you're going to jail forever. Well, the point is, this person cheats on you, right? Yeah. And. At the end of the day, you got to take accountability. Like you killed this man, so of yeah. course you're going to jail. You know what right. I mean? Like, like uh, this isn't the old west where you could just kill someone for uh, sleeping with your wife, um, and be and get away with it. Like the point is, you're you're going to jail. That's why you have second degree murder. Um, you're not facing the death penalty. Um, but this guy's going to jail. But the point is, I mean, obviously you're going to feel resentment towards your spouse. You know what I mean? Because like they cheated on you, and then you feel like they're directly at fault to some degree for like your actions even though again it's it's your actions like you you can't blame them but then it's like but then i'm going to jail for the rest of my life i've got no one i feel like the desire to like cling on to this horrible marriage clearly that i that i have like how much i I don't know that's just because to me instinct my instinctual thought when you said they were still together is like why are they still together that's crazy why is he still with her like that's wild but then as but then when i like thought about it more and i put myself in that like perspective i was like my man has nothing else like left um he does have i think two daughters that visit him um all the time they write him letters so he could have hold on he could have held on to that relationship i don't know why he chooses to be in his marriage but before the whole shooting incident happened he was already packing his bags to leave candy huh because he probably knew yeah, he probably knew their their relationship was rocky. Oh, I think I left this this fact out, but Rocky and Rob's relationship, Rocky and Rob, uh, <laughs> Candy, Candy. Candy yeah. and uh, Rob's and relationship Rob. with Rocky, and so was Ashley and Emmett's relationship with Rocky. Mm. So Ashley was, I believe, she was seeking like counseling and trying to get mm. Emmett to go. Emmett was completely checked out of the relationship clearly Mm. um and then rob was also planning to leave he had his bags packed literally Mm -hmm. had his bags packed and he was ready to go so for him to still be invested to want to kill the person that's having a relationship and what was i guess an interesting also that i just found out yesterday because i've kind of been (laughs) uh obsessed right now with dr phil (laughs) So, <laughs> I love Dr. Phil. I don't know. No He's, need to apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. So there was an episode about them that they actually crunched. So Candy um, and mm. Ashley, they, they show both up on, on the show. show. They, really? they confront each other. They talk not really about what happened, but it's more Ashley saying, hey, you didn't get the best of me. Um, I'm still, you know, living, breathing. I'm, I've moved on. And, and basically what you did that you had an affair with my husband. And not only that, but you took. You, you took he, was, he was with you when he had his last breath. He should have been mm. fighting for me, but he was fighting for you. So I I mean, how can you not sympathize with that? Jeez, that's a multi-layer. Uh, talk, I don't know. Trauma, if you will. Man, that's yeah. true. That's true. Because it, it's it's how you sort of deal with things. You know what I mean? It's a horrible situation. Um, but uh, people, humans have an innate ability to to find sort of a way to like uh, deal with it. But in this case, it's it's sort of because I never thought about that. You know, the whole time. And maybe it's just the guy brain where I'm thinking about the like the guy's perspective. But it's like, yeah, like like you know, 
we're married. Like, I love you, even though we're having like <clears throat> some issues. And to think your last like moments of your life were spent with, you know, what I would call a whore, basically. Like, that's, oh man, that's. With his the, mistress, it's hard. It's hard for her. Yeah, and feel like it's hard to. Not only did she, she found of the, okay, so she found out of the infidelity. I mean, she had suspicions of it, but she found out mm -hmm. in court with everybody else. So, and then Candy not being up front with everything, I think that added an extra layer of hurt to her because, mm. well, what really happened? Why was, I mean, I, I, we can put two well, or two together. It would be really gross to have to find out that way as opposed to Candy just like telling you, yeah, I was sleeping with your husband. But not only that too, but she, she was, when she went on Dr. Phil, she was very like righteous about her, her um, story. She, yeah. And she was <laughs> like, we just need to get over it. I'm just trying to move on with my life. And like, if you were to look at it from the outside, like you would have thought that Candy was the wife of Emmett and that Ashley was the mistress because oh, of how she was talking to her. And, um, and, and what ugh, terrible, what Candy was like, I wasn't the first one. If you thought I was the one that wrecked your marriage, I, I wasn't because I was one of many women. And that's the last thing you want to hear. Like mm. your, your husband, your <laughs> husband can't talk for himself. He can't defend himself. So yeah. you have to take this, this lady's word. And I mean, do I think there were many more? I, yeah, I, I kind of knew. Yeah, yeah. There, there was yeah. probably... Probably. But anyways, like I, I had a fucked up thought. Like, do you think in in any way Candy's like, uh, for like, <laughs> like, like, ooh, I I had two guys and one of them is down to kill for me. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's is there any sort of like that, for lack of a better word, gets you off or gets you going? The the fact that I I got. I got two guys and one was literally willing to, to kill. 100%. I feel like <laughs> she kind of was not happy about it, but I mean, she's 40 years old and this attorney is in his 20s mm -hmm. that has that is infatuated with her, that gives her mm -hmm. attention. While Rob, her actual husband, I mean, he's he's out the door. He doesn't want to be with her anymore. They're, they're mm -hmm. having a rocky relationship. So did she get off at you know her husband <laughs> suddenly wanting to fight for her and yeah. want to be with her and this young attorney wanting to also fight and then he does end up giving a statement to Dr. Phil that says um please don't please don't blame Candy um the reason that I killed Emmett was because of Emmett <sighs> so yeah. One thing also that I kind of want to bring up to throw in the mix as well is that when they met each other at the Walgreens parking lot, Rob said, hey, you have five kids and a wife. Why aren't you home? You mm. shouldn't be here. And mm. that's that set off the whole fight. Mm. That's the only piece of dialogue we know is that that was said and then an altercation happened. Yeah, that's true. You know, on, on, on another... On another sort of like note, and it's something I'm trying to like um, sort of be better and and quantify as as I as I like as I get older, as I mature, as I hopefully become a father um, over the coming years, is the idea of like going through 
shit and being able to do the hard thing. And I, I put that, and let me give you an example. So there's, there's this UFC fighter called Cain Velasquez, um, former heavyweight champion of the world, you know, legend, basically millionaire. Um, his, it was discovered back in like 2018. I think it was, might've been 2019. Um, that, um, horribly, that one of his children were was being molested in the daycare center that um, he was leaving them at. He finds out about apparently it happened. It was like a serial thing where it happened to a lot of kids at this particular center. Wow. Um, horrible. Like no, you know, it really the outside of, of of your child being killed. Like really, you can't think of anything worse that could happen to you. You know, yeah. as as a father. Um, the, the rapist, um, is arrested. He is sent to jail and is released on, on, on bail, on bond. Um, Kane finds out about this and <clears throat> proceeds to chase down. He, he, he basically finds the rapist and the rapist's father in a car and a sort of car chase ensues. Um, where Kane then has a gun and starts firing at the vehicle. Um, point is, Kane is arrested and charged with, um, I believe it's attempted murder. Um, he doesn't kill either of them, um, neither the father nor the nor the uh, the, the the criminal, the uh, the monster. Um, and he's facing, I, I I can't remember how much it is, but I, I believe he's facing at least like 10, 15 years in in prison for this. Um, I say all that to say, right. <clears throat> and the reason why it sort of <clears throat> matches up with this sort of story a bit is with Cain, I don't blame someone for having that like reaction, right? What, how many of us wouldn't, you know, that, yeah, that's, he just that's wanted to take justice into his own hands. You know what I mean? Like this man lost sleep, you know what I mean? Like, like probably sick to his stomach can't eat can't like function because there's a man out there that that hurt your child and he's out on bail he's sleeping in his own bed sleeping in his own bed so i don't blame the visceral reaction but what i'm trying to sort of and the reason why it like sort of correlates to to the story of the the attorney a bit is there are going to be instances in your life where there are going to be things like that that make you sick to your stomach but i think it's your job as a father particularly to take it and what i mean by that is it was a horrible thing that happened i hope that that person is put to death viciously it doesn't help your dog it doesn't help your son it doesn't help your kid and your other kids for you to go away for 15 years they now they now have that trauma and they they also don't have their dad for 15 years same with uh, the attorney that's a horrible thing that happened to you your your ex-wife or you still your wife i guess is a horrible person i mean look in 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 terms of uh in terms of uh, justice you know personal justice like yeah like i i i don't have a problem with with you doing that to that man but now you're going away for the rest of your life. And now your kids don't have a dad. 
because there was a moment where you couldn't control your anger, couldn't control your rage, couldn't control this like visceral need for justice. Um, and that's those are extreme examples, obviously. Um, but I feel like that's something to, like I said, as I enter into those areas where there's something to think about, where there are going to be times where you want to react in a certain way, and justifiably so, to be honest with you. But who are you hurting outside of the person that wronged you? And are you ultimately causing more harm to your family than whatever sort of proverbial justice you feel you could provide for that? You know, I just don't think that people, when they're making a decision based off like a, like someone that commits a crime of passion, mm-hmm. they aren't thinking long term. It's. Yeah. You know, when people get mad, it's, I mean, some people get mad and they just see red. There's nothing yeah. else that, it, it, it's like those binders that, like, donkeys have, like, they can't see right, they can't see left. It's only, you know, to hurt the person that's causing them hurt. Yeah. And you can't see long term in some, mm-hmm. I, you know, when, <laughs> for myself, when I'm making a, a bad decision, you're not thinking about the consequences. You're just thinking about here and now, and that's it. And um, I think that's something that, for the most part, everybody could get better at in really thinking through because these decisions that you're making, I mean, you're an adult. They're they're going to have some gravity. They're going to affect not only you, but your entire household. So it's not like a kid. It's, It's not like in high school where you could beat up a kid. And exactly. then you just go to like ISS, you know, for a couple of days or or you're suspended for a couple of days. I mean, even as an adult, if you beat up another adult, I mean, you might go away for like three, four years for aggravated assault. You know what I mean? Depending on the severity of it. Um, yeah, that, that's just, you know, that, that's just how how it is. You know what I mean? And it's just crazy. And like and like that's why I mean, like, because um, it is hard and I don't I don't sort of. I don't come at it from a place of like, oh, I'm so much better because I'm not because I'm sure like my wife could tell you I have a, a bit of a rage, like particularly with <laughs> with like driving. And there are instances where I, I shouldn't react in ways that I do sometimes because it could like lead to something more. Yeah. And it's like um, so I'm by no means uh, the example on this, but it's just something that I've noticed a lot where it's like at the end of the day, it is. It, it is your responsibility when you become a father to take to take that into consideration and grunt up and and take it basically because of that um if he like i mean i mean it's not the same scenario because it's like you you could never you could never not be a father but it's like well let me put it to you this way let's say in that scenario Let's say he had no other kids and this horrible rapist person like killed his son. He he killed that man and then he'd be happy to go to jail, to be honest, because you have nothing else to live for. You know, it's like, okay, like I and I'm happy, you know, I I did it and I'll do it again and all that jazz. Um, And then we're talking again in, in the terms of like the individual versus like the overarching, like what are your responsibilities as 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 a father? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would happily go away if if he had no other responsibility. But the fact is, when you do have other obligations, when you do have other 
children at 15. You, you're going to go to jail and come back and your kids graduate high school. You know, uh, they're they're two years. They're they're three, four years old. They haven't even entered school yet. And by the time you, you see them as adults, by the time you get out and see them in, in the world, they're going to they're going to, you know, be out in the real world. And that's just that's uh, I, I don't know. And and shaped. I, I, I always tell my wife this, that um, someone's going to raise your kids regardless of, of what people might think. Someone's going to raise your kids. Just make sure it's you. Um, and and if you're away for 15 years, it's not going to be you. Um, so I, I don't know. <clears throat> you know what that, kind that of... brings up? It brings up, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Chris Watts uh, story, the family murders. Where... Yeah, the guy, and it's the same the thing where uh, he was on, he was saying that they were like missing, right? And he went to the news and he was like all distraught or whatever. And yeah. This story is so interesting to me because of how many people um, caught him on. Like, there's footage of him. There's footage of him giving interviews. There's footage of him, um, body cam footage that's been released that we can assess his body language. Um, and all for what? To be, did he really think he was going to get away with it? With murdering his sure two daughters and yeah. his wife? Did yeah. he, you know, and maybe he would have gotten away with it for a little bit had you know her friends not checked in on her immediately the next day so and all of what for an obsession that he had with a mistress someone that he was having a relationship with on the side and just you know these people not what what you just said they're not obviously they're not thinking ahead or maybe he was thinking ahead but for his own benefit yeah, I mean, that sounds like an extreme case of narcissism where it's like my world revolves so much around me. And it's not it's not enough that like because I want to go do this thing. All right, I want to have this mistress and I'm going to I want to go run away with her and I want to like leave this family behind. And it's not it, with everything. There's a cost, right? Like you can do that. Everyone's free to do whatever they want. But you're going to be a deadbeat dad. You're going to be a horrible husband. You're not going to be there for your kids like and they're going to hate you for it. But if that's what you want, if it's worth it enough for that to be the case, go right ahead. But in his sort of narcissistic mind, it's like, I don't want to feel that. You know what I mean? I want to have the cake and eat it too. I want to be able to run away with the mistress and not have the pain of feeling that like my kids hate me. So again, it's a, it's this like twisted extreme level of narcissism where it's like the logical decision is I don't, I would rather them dead than them hate me. Than them think I'm like a bad person. It's a very extreme way, but you know what I, I mean? get and, what you're saying. And added to like, well, and then, you know, the public sees me as this like poor widower, like just looking for my family, you know, uh, pity and sympathy is, is, is an ultimate drug for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and having that, and I get to have my thing. Um, yeah. It's an extreme disgusting level of narcissism that, uh, that you see with that particular, uh, particular case but because this case fascinates me so much i talk to jesus about it all the time and we basically have the same mindset when it comes to what was he fleeing from he had the Mm. doting wife the perfect kids his wife was pregnant they had i don't know if you've seen their house beautiful house in colorado i mean you're running from the life that most people want for, for what? For the unknown? The the life that you're going to have with the mistress that maybe is painted in these beautiful colors that it's going to be this way. But you already have the perfect life, my dude. Like, what are you running away? Like, I, I... 
everyone's going to have, um, you'll see this with, uh, I talk to my wife a lot about this a lot. You'll see this a lot with guys, um, where there's always this, um, there's always this sense of not living up to your potential. And you feel like, and I'll give you an example. I, uh, a lot of people, a lot of guys, it might be the same with women. I don't know. I'm just, I can only speak from, you know, what I feel like I know. Um, a lot of guys feel like, okay, if I didn't have a wife, if I didn't have these kids I had to take care of, I could have been a famous actor, a famous like business, uh, a really successful business owner, a famous like musician. I, I could have been like great in, in something, you know what I mean? But because I need to dedicate my time to my marriage, because I need to dedicate my time to my kids, because I need to like work a regular job so I could support that, they're taking away from my sort of potential to be something. And if I didn't have this like nagging wife, if I didn't have these kids taking all my money, I could have been, you know, the next Elon Musk. I could have been this like great thing. You know what I mean? Right. Or at the end of the day, if you were meant to be that, you would have been that. You know what I mean? These individuals are successful in a lot of ways because they were born to be successful. They have something triggered in their brain where they're just hardwired to be able to be entrepreneurs to come up with ideas to mm-hmm. to whatever like the point is to take, your, to take risks at the end of the yeah, day exactly, where, take where most people won't take risks exactly like at the end of the day if you guess what if you didn't have a wife and a kids okay you would just be working the same job and you would have more money and that's the extent you wouldn't be yeah. this like uber successful. successful like you know what i mean <laughs> and, and it's just the nature of it you know of of how of ambition you know what i mean where it's like and i felt that way too where it's like like i feel like i'm capable of being this like great thing you know what i mean but it's it's also coming to terms with your own like mortality and coming to terms with your own sort of uh with who you are you know and being okay with that as a person you know i'm never going to be this like uber wealthy billionaire you know that that that's you know travels across the world and 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 has like 10 mistresses and whatever like that's not going to be me and it's becoming okay because there's only like less than 100 people in the world that are that you know what i mean and it's becoming okay with being who you are and excelling at finding what you know you're good at and then being the best you could be at that thing and then finding sort of value in that and then having kids and finding value and in, 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 in creating a family and, and, and being that that I don't know so I, I I'd say all that to say that for this guy with Chris Watts I, I again it's it's extreme level of narcissism but I think it's that in a lot of ways where it's like he feels like if it wasn't for them he would have a better life and and to me and you yeah he seems like he has the perfect life because he does um but from from his perspective it's like i have more ambition than what this uh this uh sort of suburban life could could offer me if you will but that, that's what i think i, I think he, i mean at least now that he's been sent to, that he's going to spend his whole life in prison he now is painting the picture that maybe he would have been he's duped he was duped by the mistress um, <laughs> i'm sure he feels some kind of regret at this point uh, yeah. about what he you know he offed his entire family to go i mean even even people that are cheating that wouldn't have been a thought that crosses their mind like let me off my family like you can just walk away you can just and there was many times in this relationship you can see that Shanann, the wife, was like, if you want to leave, like, just let me know. I mean, obviously, she wanted to work on a relationship. Yeah. She she was happy in the relationship. She wanted to be with him um, for her family. But 
at the end, she gave she gave him outs like, hey, if you don't want this, let me know. And it was always him like playing back and forth, like, you know, say one thing to her, but then go off with the mistress. And he could have just walked away, obviously, but he decided to just off his family and in such a <laughs> in such a terrible way, like he he, not like, only did, he dumped him in the chemical barrels, right? If I'm not so mistaken. He, he dumped the girls in the oil barrel, uh, the oil barrel, and Ugh. oh man, what was pretty nasty was that the body when they're dumped in that oil barrel, they do this thing called degloving the skin. Hmm. So the skin it, is it like it's how it sounds? It's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Wow. It, the skin comes off when so the when they were extracting the bodies, that's what ended up happening to the oh. girls. Christ. And those are your daughters. Like they are, I, I can't remember how old they were. I think they were like three or five, both yeah. of them. But then the wife, um, the wife was dumped in the shallow grave. Um, but when they were um kind of looking at the oil barrel and how this, I think it was like nine inches. So he had mm. to like at some point break the shoulders to wedge them into this oil barrel. That's what they were saying. So, to add more more injury to this whole thing is just—I don't know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, look, I think uh, I think we've had a lot of uh, as we alluded to the beginning of the show, a lot of uh, dark. We got some holes. We got some black holes right here that we want to release <laughs> to the people. Um, but I think the conversation was good. Um, a lot of good stuff. Look, I, I think that kind of wraps up our time. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, hope we let people with uh, something to think about, something to, to look into. Um, we're obsessed with these stories, uh, clearly. Um, watch stuff yeah. like that every day. Follow us um, in the next one when we fall down another rabbit hole of... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. But look, I want to thank everyone um, for tuning in today uh, to MojoCast. Um, hope you really enjoyed it. As always, Shelly, I always enjoy our, our, our time talking. It's always great. Have any last words for the people before we sign out? Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll have some more interesting topics to talk about in the next uh, episode. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Out. Mojo out. <laughs>